Radio Maria England now presents The Lent People, presented by Monsignor Tony Rogers. Hello, this is Tony Rogers. I'm a priest in the Diocese of East Anglia, and you're listening to the Lenten People for Radio Maria England. Now, this is the sixth and final programme in the series, and today we'll be focusing on Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead, and also trying to see how it helps us to understand ourselves a little bit better. So we'll begin with a prayer. Merciful God, You showed your glory to our fallen race by sending your son to confound the powers of death. Call us forth from sin's dark tomb. Break the bonds which hold us that we may believe and proclaim Christ, the cause of our freedom and the source of life, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. There's probably... No need to ask whether you know the story of Lazarus, because it's very familiar. But it's a passage which is subject to quite a lot of misunderstanding. And that's why, even though it's a long passage, I'm choosing to read a fair chunk of chapter 11 of John's Gospel. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, and her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness doesn't lead to death, rather it's for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, So let's go to Judea again. And when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had been in the tomb already for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When 
Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping. He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how much he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then again, again, greatly disturbed, Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there's a smell because he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upwards and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I've said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he'd said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go free. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. just a reminder that I'm Tony Rogers talking about the Lenten people and you're listening to Radio Maria England. It goes without saying that the, the raising of Lazarus is an image of the resurrection but the major flaw in that image is that people often believe that Lazarus is still alive but Lazarus though raised from death still had to die, whereas Jesus' resurrection was a once-for-all event, and his leaving the world was his ascension to heaven, not a second death. Nonetheless, Lazarus has always, in a rather bizarre sense, been the patron saint of comebacks, so that you find, for example, that politicians who've fallen off their perches and and gone into obscurity, emerge and begin a new political career of prominence and success, and they're often compared to Lazarus. So ordinary as Lazarus was in himself, because there was nothing spectacular we read about him, his resurrection, his raising from the dead, made a significant impact on human minds. There's 
a lot of writing and speaking nowadays about what we call near-death experiences. And on one occasion, when I was looking at this passage, I found myself asking quite a few questions, as I tend to, to which there are probably no obvious answers. For example, Lazarus's body was in the tomb for four days. So when my mind was ticking over, I wanted to know, where was he during this time? Was he in heaven? And if so, was it a bit of an anticlimax coming back to earth? Was he in a position to say to other people, there is a heaven and I was there? And was he pestered for more details about what it was like on the other side? Was he a changed person and did he have a new perspective on life here on earth? I'm a great one for asking questions like this. But the long and the short of it is, we just don't know, because we are told so very little. So we don't know much about Lazarus, but on the other hand, we are told a lot here about our Lord. We're told about his compassion, his feeling for his friends, his own grief expressed in tears that famous shorter sentence in the Bible, Jesus wept. The Jesus we come across at first in this gospel is one who is immersed in this world. He's one of us and so he is. But we also learn very quickly that Jesus comes from above. I am the resurrection, he says. And those words retain the capacity to astound when he says, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He comes from above, but he shows acute awareness of those around him and what's going on in their lives. So he truly belongs on earth and truly belongs in heaven. And the miracle that he's about to perform is for the sake of the crowd gathered round, as well as for the sake of Lazarus. Because when he does this, he prays aloud that they will come to know that the Father sent him. For raising Lazarus from the dead, he was in a way putting down a marker, which said to the others, this is your Messiah. And so the miracle did more than raise Lazarus from the dead. It raised Jesus from being just an ordinary man in people's perception. And Martha was the one who beautifully articulated it. I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the one who is to come into the world. So as well as being told a lot about Jesus in today's gospel, I think we're also told a lot about ourselves, about our destiny and about what's in store for us. What Jesus did for Lazarus, he can do for us and more. 
What he did for Lazarus was to give him back his earthly life, just for a time. What he holds in store for us is a heavenly life for all eternity. And Jesus couldn't have put things more plainly. Whoever believes in me will never die. So it's small wonder that sections from this chapter of John's Gospel are so often chosen at funeral masses. What we often do with scripture and especially with gospel passages is to try and picture ourselves on the scene. If we'd been onlookers at the raising of Lazarus, I wonder how we would have reacted when we saw Lazarus coming out of the tomb. What would we have done? I'm pretty sure that our initial reactions would have been involuntarily, involuntary. Our jaw would have dropped about as far as it could go and we really would be goggled-eyed in every sense of the word. Our eyes would be popping out of our, their sockets. We would almost certainly have said something even if it was nothing more than that lovely Irish expletive, thanks be to God. We might well have gone over to Martha and Mary and given them a hug, and we'd probably be moved to tears. I don't know if anybody saw recently the very moving documentary with Lorraine Kelly commemorating the 25th anniversary of the shootings, the terrible shootings at Dunblane. Visiting some of the families 25 years later, some of whom she's kept in contact with, she had to keep apologising when they reached delicate and touching moments. She had to keep apologising for not being able to give them a hug. And it was quite obvious that just as they were close to tears, so was she. So those kind of reactions in us are almost involuntary. We don't ask to cry, it happens. So we might have reached out, probably would have reached out to Martha and Mary and given them a hug. But I think we might have been rather more cautious in approaching Lazarus. Because death, even in retreat, can be more than a little bit intimidating. A gulf between the living and the dead would have been created by his four days in the tomb. We belong here, he belongs there. Remember, Lazarus wasn't just raised from his bed of sleep not like some of the other incidents, raising of Jairus's daughter, where he goes to this girl whom he simply tells the others is asleep and invites her to get up out of her bed. Lazarus had, had been put in the tomb. But we might eventually have been tempted to reach out a hand to Lazarus. But 
what would we do in relation to Jesus? Now there's a question, because I suspect in the nicest possible way, we would have kept our distance. Because we'd be keeping our distance between the ordinary, ourselves, and the extraordinary, Jesus. A space between ourselves and this awesome person. We might have kept our distance, but at the same time, I think we would almost certainly have been drawn to him. Because, for sure, we'd never forget him. We'd never stop marvelling. We'd always remember what he'd opened up for Lazarus. And by his own words, for ourselves. But we weren't there, and all the imagining in the world won't put us on the scenario. But the fact that we weren't there doesn't in any sense diminish Christ for us. He's still the same Christ, but not the pre-resurrection Christ. Our Christ is truly risen from the dead. And his word in scripture is still powerful. And the passage that we've listened to is still a passage to fill us with wonder and astonishment. And I think that this passage is a challenge to us to be alive and alert in our faith and to take it seriously. So let our words be the same as Martha's. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is to come into the world. So let's conclude this time of reflection together in prayer. And I'm basing this short prayer on one which I read from a beautifully produced new prayer book called At Your Side by David Wells and um, Ray Raymond Friel. It's a, a lovely book of prayers for all the sort of odd and ordinary circumstances of life written in a very accessible kind of way. So this is a prayer to read and to use after we've read the scriptures. Lord, it's one thing to read your word in the gospel, but another to see and another to hear it. May we go beyond the words and may the words take us beyond ourselves. And let's remember the words of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word to us. May it be a light for our life and a lamp for our paths.
So I, I hope that you've been able to take something from these series of thoughts on the people we come across in the Lenten Sunday Gospels. It's been a pleasure sharing them with you. And so may the rest of your Lenten journey give you an ever greater trust in God and also a greater trust in your own self-confidence to do his will. Thank you for joining Monsignor Tony Rogers with the Lent People. This show will be broadcast on Tuesday at 12.30 a.m. and 8 p.m., Wednesday at 5.30 a.m. and 2 p.m., and again on Thursday at 4 p.m. and on Saturday at 9.30 p.m. To hear this as a podcast, please visit www.radiomariaengland.uk and you'll find this and many other shows of ours and many other Radio Maria England programs under our Programs tab. Thank you for joining Radio Maria England.